looking, throwing in the end zone. Montana, touchdown, John Taylor. Young to the air, young to Jerry Rice. Touchdown, San Francisco. Young stumbles on the way back and fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Hello and welcome to the 49ers Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Al Moriello, and this is your source for the most objective 49ers discussion and analysis, plus timely and entertaining sports and pop culture topics. And today, it's the big show, the full breakdown and lead into Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and Chiefs. We're going to be talking about everything, the practice field conditions for the Niners, Kyle Shanahan at opening night, pro football focus, Super Bowl player ratings, ranking the position groups of the two teams. We're going to be looking at stats for both teams from the 2023 regular season and how they improved or gotten worse during the postseason. We're going to look at how much more explosive the Chiefs were last year and discuss that game in Santa Clara where the Chiefs beat the 49ers was the first game that McCaffrey was with the team. We're going to examine the Chiefs' six losses. What are the commonalities in their six losses? We're going to be discussing why this game is not Purdy versus Mahomes. Specifically, we're going to be talking injuries, defensive adjustments the Niners could and should be making, what they need to do offensively to overcome this very good Kansas City defense, and I will give a Super Bowl prediction. There is no plus section this week. It is all Niners all Super Bowl, all the time. So let's get right into it. Let's talk Niners. All right, so we have a lot to get through. I have a lot that I want to talk about. I tried to organize my thoughts, notes, content as logically as possible. But if you feel like it's bouncing around a little bit, I apologize. Let's start with the first in the timeline noteworthy News bit, and it was the fact that the 49ers practice facility at UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas, outdoor practice facility, experienced a lot of rain, was considered spongy by the 49ers staff. It's a softer field than what they're used to practicing on in Santa Clara. The field is actually sod rolled over their actual turf field. Roger Goodell and the NFL said, you know, unanimously, he had a board of, it might have been 15 or so people checking on the field, said it was unanimously approved. And at the time, San Francisco had some options. They could change their location of practice. They could work around the Chiefs' schedule. The Chiefs are practicing at the Las Vegas Raiders facility, which has multiple outdoor fields, but from what I understand, an indoor field as well, so they can avoid rain, whereas the 49ers cannot. And the Chiefs are unwilling to move anything they have schedule-wise to accommodate the 49ers. And I get it. If the 49ers were in this position, and even as a fan, I would say, no, the hell with them. You know, that was the uh, luck of the draw. Actually, it's not even the luck of the draw. The AFC team in the Super Bowl, if the Super, if the Super Bowl is hosted at an AFC venue, the AFC representative gets the host facilities. That's just kind of, that's how everything works. And they also get to choose what jersey they want, home or away. 
say, so you know, for whatever reason, the Chiefs, again, chose home. They had the home jerseys, the red jerseys, the first time they played the 49ers four years ago in the Super Bowl. So they went with red again. But if, if I were the Niners, I would not accommodate the Chiefs. I mean, it's an, it's an unfortunate thing about what's happening with either the weather or the sod or what's not what the 49ers aren't used to. And there was some discussion or consideration being given to after opening night on Monday night, I'm recording this on Wednesday, that the 49ers would potentially fly home to Santa Clara, practice there, and then come back whatever day it might be, Friday, Saturday, leading up to the game. But Shanahan in at opening night said they're not going to do that. They're going to you know, deal with the conditions. It stopped raining there. The conditions have, pro- have improved every day since Monday. It's not a safety hazard. So it's just something that San Francisco has to get through. Monday was a walkthrough anyway, and it was raining. It was not anything like an actual practice that would be happening today on Wednesday and Thursday. And I'm not sure if they're going to have another practice on Friday or if it would just be a walkthrough. But Shanahan did make those comments about the field at Super Bowl opening night, which I watched uh, with my son. And watching it at the time, I was wondering the same thing that a lot of the people out in the social media verse were wondering. Was Kyle Shanahan buzzed? He wasn't slurring his words. He wasn't, I mean, he was sitting down. So he wasn't tripping over anything. He was speaking completely coherently, but it was a lot looser than what you hear in press conferences. I watched clips go leading into the Super Bowl from four years ago, and he, he definitely seemed on Monday night much looser, smiling, seemed to have fun with things versus how he normally sounds, which is a fast talker, very direct. Um, and he did look a bit stressed leading into the 2019 Super Bowl. So I wouldn't go so far as to say he was, you know, buzzed. Listen, if he had a couple drinks before that and it and it relaxed him, or hey, I'm in Vegas, I'm gonna have a beer, whiskey, scotch, whatever, some shots, good for him, because the game wasn't gonna be played on Tuesday. He's if he if he did have a couple drinks, he got a whole lot of time to sober up. I don't think that was the case, but it was still if he did, I don't hold it against him. Everyone can have uh as long as he didn't get, you know, didn't get to the point of getting sloshed and making, you know, a fool of himself, let him enjoy it. It's a second time around. As much as we've been hearing about the Niners understanding the urgency of winning the Super Bowl, getting to the Super Bowl, now they're there, now winning it. The team they have, Brock Purdy on a very cheap rookie deal, Brandon Ayuk's deal coming up, among some other players are going to have to make some decisions on. Everybody seemed to be in good spirits, smiling, enjoying the moment, and Shanahan should be one. And he was asked about Brock, about being a system quarterback, about being a game manager. And here was his quote. I'm paraphrasing this. I don't have it exact. But here was Shanahan's thoughts, which I've agreed with the entire time before Jimmy came to the Niners, certainly before Brock. Just the thought about quarterbacking in general. And here were Shanahan's points. The QB's main jobs are to execute the system that the whole team has been practicing all week and all year. And he needs to manage the game. He needs to make the right reads. He needs to protect the football. He needs to push the football downfield when needed. He needs to audible out of plays that don't look like they're going to be successful based on what the defense is showing. But quarterbacks also need to make plays outside the structure of the offense. 
when things break down? Can a quarterback operate when things aren't ideal, when the pocket is collapsing, when they have to move off platform? Brock does all three of those things. He manages the game, he elevates the system, and he makes plays when things break down. I thought, you know, whether he had alcohol in him or not, I thought it was a really well-articulated description of what quarterbacks need to do. And then when you add the cherry on top, someone like a Lamar, a Vic, a Josh Allen, people that can move, that can run, that's almost a fourth dimension type of element that is very prominent in their games. You watch Lamar, you watch Josh Allen, they're going to be good for five to 10 rushes a game. Brock's not going to be good for rushes. He's going to be good for scrambles, trying to keep a play alive. And he will always, not always, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, he will keep a play alive behind the line of scrimmage, looking to get the ball to his playmakers. Then if nothing's there and something's wide open, pick up six, 10, 15, or as you saw in the NFC Championship game, 20 plus yards on two different carries. I think it's a very underrated part of his game, and I think it's a part of his game that she, he should embrace instead of making a risky throw or even throwing the ball away. You know, again, second and five is better than second and ten. Take what the defense gives you, and in terms of being a system quarterback, Joe Montana, 49er legend, Hall of Famer, four Super Bowl wins, said, you know, my, I realized early on that I'm the mailman. I am the one that's delivering the goods to the people that are a whole lot more athletic than me. Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Brent Jones, Dwight Clark. Joe Montana gets it. And it's not because he wasn't as athletic as Steve Young or Colin Kaepernick, some of the 49er quarterbacks that came after him. It's he understands his job as the ultimate facilitator. There's a reason why, guys, that in basketball, point guards are not the players that score the most on the team, nor are they the players that have the most rebounds. They should be able to score. They should be able to rebound effectively against other guards of similar size. But what are they? what's the job? Assists. Dishing the ball. Putting their, putting their players in the best position to score or move the offense. Quarterback is no different. But fantasy football, ESPN, YouTube, highlights are what draws people in and gives people the idea of what makes a great or elite or an above average or a very good quarterback. Brock Purdy did more with his legs in the NFC Championship game than Lamar Jackson did in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Only scored 10 points through a back-breaking interception when he couldn't. It was a terrible read. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a better quarterback or, or comparing you know the two in terms of athletic ability, but you saw one rise to the occasion and you saw another quarterback do what he always does, flame out in the playoffs. Now, San Francisco being a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite, depending on what sportsbook you're looking at, is now favored in all 20 games this season. The only time that's happened was along with, most recently, the 2021 Kansas City Chiefs, who lost in, the, lost in the AFC Championship game that year to the Bengals, and the 2007 Patriots, 
who lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. So that's not fantastic company to be in. It doesn't mean anything for San Francisco odds winning this game. But San Francisco also beat every NFC playoff team this year. Something I should have mentioned last podcast. Philadelphia, Dallas, Green Bay, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and the Rams. So there's something to be said for being a team that Vegas thinks is a better team than what you're going up against. And then when you're strapping up the helmets, the cleats, the uniform, everything, you're going out there and beating teams that either deserve to be in the playoffs because they have wins beyond that or were in the playoffs. Now, Pro Football Focus released their Super Bowl player ratings. They listed the top 57 rated players among both teams. And the 49ers have the top five players on the list. Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, and Fred Warner. They have seven of the top ten players. So you add to those five, George Kittle and Brock Purdy. And they have 10 of the top 15 players. So add to what I just mentioned, Debo, Jordan Mason actually, and Charvarius Ward. 10 of the top 15 players in the Super Bowl per pro football focus are San Francisco 49er players. They also have the two highest rated offensive linemen in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs line is widely regarded, and rightfully so, as a better offensive line than San Francisco's. But the Niners have Trent Williams with a 92 rating, and right guard John Feliciano an 82.5. The strength of the Chiefs line is the interior, Creed Humphreys at center, Trey Smith at guard, Joe Tooney at the other guard spot, and Tooney is doubtful to play in the Super Bowl. Of those 57 players, San Francisco accounted for 32. The Chiefs, 25. And poetic irony, the lowest rated of the 57 players is my best bud and yours, cornerback Ambry Thomas. I just found that amusing. What does this mean? Not much. It just means that based on Pro Football Focus's metrics, the 49ers have the most top-end players and the most highly rated players overall. And maybe this, in part, is why San Francisco is a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite over the Chiefs, but it also could be because the sports books took so much action on the 49ers going into the season to win the Super Bowl that, in a way, favoring San Francisco over the Chiefs was a way of getting more action on Kansas City to balance the sportbook's liability should the 49ers win. And it's projected that so much money is coming on, on the Chiefs, either straight up on the money line or getting the point and a half or two points, that should the Chiefs win in either scenario, sportsbooks would be somewhat even or make a profit to offset all the 49er money they took in the offseason or during the season. Now, Pro Football Focus didn't stop there. They ranked, this is something that I was going to do, and my rankings were completely identical to what Pro Football Focus um, 
showed me, and again, this is why you come to this podcast, again, the most objective 49ers discussion analysis. And I know it's easy for me to say after the fact, but I had my list. I cross-referenced it with pro football focuses and it was identical. They gave a brief write-up about a paragraph or two about each position group. And they basically, then they gave who had the advantage. I'm just going to go over the advantages. At quarterback, the Chiefs have the advantage. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league. Brock Purdy had a statistically better season, but obviously you're going to give the edge to Patrick Mahomes in his fourth Super Bowl in five years. Running back, San Francisco. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, leader for offensive player in the year of the year, had over 2,000 combined scrimmage yards. Running backs, better group than the, than the Chiefs. Tight end, tie. So Kittle went, went slightly over 1,000 yards. Travis Kelsey, under 1,000. Kelsey had a not great first 12, 14 weeks of the season, then turned it on down the stretch and in the playoffs, 11 receptions last week and a touchdown or two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game against Baltimore. So a tie at tight end. Wide receivers, San Francisco has the edge. Offensive line, as I mentioned earlier, Kansas City. Defensive line, San Francisco. Now this is actually factoring Charles Amenahu for the Chiefs being out. He's second on the team with seven sacks, but it's also factoring in uh, Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell at defensive end being out for San Francisco, and they they combined for six and a half or seven sacks themselves. But as a unit, the D-line, better with the, the starting four and deeper for San Francisco. Linebackers, San Francisco. Greenlaw and Warner, the best one-two combo in the league. Cornerbacks, San Francisco, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. Um and I'm blanking on their, their nickel corner, are better than Charvarius Ward, Ambry Thomas, and Diamondor Lenore. Obviously, Ambry Thomas brings that average way down. And safety, the edge was given to San Francisco, even with Talanoa Hufunga out. Tayshawn Gibson, Jair Brown filling in more than ad- admirably for um, Hufunga. And Logan Ryan being the number three safety. So that means... Out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine positions, San Francisco has the edge in five. Kansas City has the edge in three and one tie the tight end. So again, the Chiefs, quarterback, O-line, and cornerback. The Niners, running back, wide receivers, D-line, linebackers, and safeties. And the tie was at tight end. And there's so many people... Picking Kansas City, and I think rightfully so, for what the defense has done, I think you've seen the stat that over the, I think the course of the whole season, they're only averaging seven points allowed on defense, which is a ridiculous stat. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have Travis Kelsey, you have Chris Jones, you have Andy Reid, you have a good secondary. But I think what these... Pro football focus rankings, position group rankings are showing is what people were saying for the vast majority of the season. The Niners are the best team in the NFL. Their path to the Super Bowl was not as, was much more dramatic than Kansas City's. Kansas City beat Miami. Anybody thinking that the Chiefs had, uh, the Dolphins had a chance in an Arctic temperature game needs to get their head checked. That was an easy win for the Chiefs. Went to Buffalo and win, although they gave up about 180-something yards on the ground. Went to Baltimore 
and really shut down the Ravens offense, especially their running game. But for whatever reason, offensive coordinators for the Ravens got away from the run. The Ravens running backs had six runs all game. Do you think the Niners running backs are going to have six runs all game? Do you think they're going to have less than 16 runs all game or 20? And we're going to get into that more later. Baltimore played right into Kansas City's hands. Kansas City's a good team. I am not knocking them. They have the best player in the Super Bowl in Patrick Mahomes. Not based on pro football focus's ratings, but I think if you were if you'd ask me, if you'd ask anybody, he's the best player in the league, the only elite quarterback in the league, a true difference maker. And I think the Chiefs being defending champs, I think the Chiefs having historically a much, much better offense than what they have this year. We're going to get into that. And getting back and having the reigning MVP in Brock per- in, <laughs> in Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy being one of the MVP candidates along with Christian McCaffrey, has the gives the perception maybe that the Chiefs are better than they actually are. They're a good team. They deserve to be here. They went through two really good teams in Buffalo and uh, Baltimore. And if the Dolphin game was even in just 40-degree weather, that could have been completely different. But the ratings and the position group rankings, I think, are logically true and speak for themselves. Now, let's look at the Chiefs, though, and we're going to look at the Niners as well. Overall rankings in the 2023 regular season. So offensively, ninth overall. Sixth passing the ball, averaging 246 yards a game. 19th rushing, 105 yards a game. 15th scoring, averaging 21.8. Defense overall, they're second. Fourth against the pass, 176 yards. 18th against the rush, 113 yards. And second in points allowed, 17.3. Now, these numbers, some of them, improved during their three-game postseason. Offensively, they averaged 363 yards a game. We're not going to get into ranks. Passing, the yards, they went down from 246 in the regular season to 236 in the playoffs. Rushing, they improved from 105 a game to 127. And points, they slightly improved from 21.8 to 23.3. Defensively, they're allowing 323 yards a game. Their pass defense got worse. Averaged 176 per game in the regular season, allowing 210 a game in the playoffs. 44, I'm sorry, 34 yards a game. Rush defense has been consistent. They allowed 113 a game in the regular season, 113 in the playoffs. Points, they've gotten better. They're allowing only 13.7 in the playoffs. They allowed 17.3 during the regular season. Turnovers in the postseason, the Chiefs are plus two. So some improvements, some (laughs) non-improvements. The rush defense is what it is, a middle-of-the-pack rush defense, and that's where San Francisco is can take advantage. 113 a game, the Niners should get above that, and Kyle should commit. Unlike their last two meetings with the Chiefs, they should commit to getting above that. Now, the Chiefs' defense since week 10 of the regular season, here's where it gets a little bit more concerning if you're a Chiefs fan. They're expected uh, over average per play ranks 19th. 
nearly bottom third. Their success rate, top 10, ninth. Their EPA per pass play, 13th. EPA, again, expected over average per rush, 30th. And their explosive rush rate, 20th. The rush defense is where the Chiefs can get hurt. Charles Amenahu, defensive end, out. So you have less pass rush, and he was good at holding the edge defensively. He was a bigger defensive end. Derek Nandi, defensive tackle on IR, done, not going to play in the Super Bowl. Second best run stopper behind Chris Jones. They still have some big boys, some beefy bodies, but two big main contributors on this D-line, gone. Now, I want to compare the Chiefs of this year to the Chiefs in 2022 when they did win the Super Bowl, beat the Eagles, was it 38-35? And they beat up on the 49ers in Santa Clara. We're going to get into that. Here's where the Chiefs are still, I think, where perception is overruling reality. Chiefs, by far and away, had the number one offense last year. This year, they're ninth. They had the number one pass offense last year, averaging 298 a game. This year, 246. 236 average in the playoffs. So you're going a 52-yard drop and a 62-yard drop versus last year. They're the number one team scoring points last year, 29.2 a game. This regular season, they're averaging over a touchdown less, 21.8. And here's the big misconception about the Chiefs running the football with Isaiah Pacheco. Saying now they're built to play defense, which is true, the defense is better. And they could run the ball better. Really? In 2022, while they ranked 20th running the ball, they averaged 116 yards a game. 2023, they're averaging 105. The Chiefs are a worse running team this year than they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. They are a significantly worse passing team this year than last year when they won the Super Bowl. And they're averaging over a touchdown less per game this year. Defensively, they were 11th overall last year. This year, they're second. Their pass defense was 18th, allowing 221 a game. Now they're averaging 176, but 210 in the playoffs. That's very close to what the Chiefs were last year. Rush defense last year was... Actually better. Actually better, allowing 107 yards a game. They're allowing 113 a game. In points, they were middle of the pack, allowing 21.7 a game. Regular season this year, 17.3. And the playoffs, 13.7. But you can thank the Dolphins and the Arctic temperature. And you can thank Lamar Jackson for choking, and Zay Flowers, for choking away the AFC Championship game for that. So the 2023 Chiefs, guys, are not the 2022 Chiefs. Yes, they have Rasheed Rice and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 2022 had Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They had Isaiah Pacheco. They had Jarek McKinnon. They had the same line. The defense got a little bit younger, a little bit faster, a little bit more athletic. That's why you're seeing this improvement from 11 overall to 2, from 18 overall to 4 against the pass. Worst rush defense, though. 
Now, San Francisco, listen, we'll look at how they dipped from the regular season to, to the postseason. Regular season, number two overall offense, number four passing, number three rushing, and number three points scored, averaging 28.9. In the postseason, they're averaging six less passing yards a game, so from 258 to 252. They're averaging eight less rushing yards, 141 to 143, and they're right there in points scored. They were averaging 28.9. They're averaging 29 a game. The offense is there. The offense is playing to how they played all regular season. Defensively, the pass defense was averaging. They were number eight overall. The pass defense was 14th, averaging 214 a game. They're allowing 227 a game. The rush defense, which was number three, averaging 90 yards allowed a game in two playoff games. They've gotten shredded 159 yards on the ground per game against Green Bay and Detroit, although better in the second half against the Packers. Much, much better in the second half against the Lions. Lions, I had think I had 134 rushing yards in the first half and 46 in the second half. Points allowed during the regular season, 17 and a half per game. That was number three in the playoffs, 26. They know what they have to tighten up. Steve Wilkes has talked about it. Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, Charvarius Ward. They know what they have to tighten up. Whatever adjustments Wilkes made at halftime against the Packers and the Lions, he's going to need to make mid-first quarter or at the end of the first quarter against the Chiefs. You cannot wait until halftime against an Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes-led offense, even though it's not nearly as good as it was in 2022. Chief, one thing I glossed over, I didn't even mention, Chiefs during the regular season, turnover differential, minus 11. Niners during the regular season, plus 11. That's a 22 quantity difference in turnovers. Niners got 22 more turnovers than the Chiefs. In the playoffs, Chiefs are plus 2, Niners are also plus 2. Chiefs are a defense that has over 56 sacks. Again, 7 of them are gone. Because no Charles Amenahu, no Derek Nandi, who didn't really have any sacks, but was a good run stuffer. And only eight interceptions. They do not turn the ball over a lot. Or they turn the, I think the Niners had 22 picks, Chiefs eight. So two-thirds fewer interceptions, nearly, than San Francisco. Let's look at the Chiefs' losses now. Lost week one against Detroit. That was without Travis to Kelsey. And week one is a coin flip game anyway. We didn't know how good either team was going to be. And it turns out that each team was as good as we thought they were going to be. They lost at Denver. They lost at home to the Eagles. At the Packers. At home to the Bills. And at home to the Raiders. In a game where they were still in the hunt for the number two or number three seed. Now, what happened during these games? During these three six losses, they only averaged 16.8 points a game. Detroit, not a great defense. Denver, not a great defense. This year, Philly, terrible defense. Packers, not a great defense. Buffalo, okay defense. Raiders, not a good defense. And they never scored in these six losses more than 20. Every game, the turnovers were either tied or Kansas City had more. Basically, 
it was just the Lions game where the tone the, the turnovers were tied. Every other game, the Chiefs had more turnovers. Every team playing the Chiefs that beat them had at least 25 rushes. The average during those six games, 30 and a half rushes for a 131 and a half yards. Almost four and a half yards a carry. In four of those six games, Kansas City was held under 100 total rushing yards. Mahomes, during those six losses, averaged 226 and a half yards in total, seven touchdowns and seven interceptions. Pedestrian against average or worse defenses. Pedestrian. And let's remember that last loss against the Raiders was at home against an Aiden O'Connell at quarterback led Raiders offense without Josh Jacobs. Aiden O'Connell was 9 of 21 for 62 yards and they still beat the Chiefs. Now the Raiders did get some defensive scores. That always helps. But you're telling me the Chiefs couldn't muster enough offensively to overcome that and beat the Raiders? Nor could they stop the run without Josh Jacobs. Zamir White had over, I think, 130 rushing yards. Four of their six losses were at home, where they've been nearly invincible. And three of their losses, the Lions, the Eagles, and the Packers, were against teams the Niners beat. And the Philly game was in Philly, and they shellacked them. This is not the invincible Kansas City Chief team of years past, guys. It's not the explosive Chiefs team of years past. It's the same Chiefs team that can't stop the run. But there's, there is no Tyree Kill. There is no Sammy Watkins. There is no, we had Denarius Robinson or, or some Robinson fast receiver. They do have Nicole Hardman back. Maybe we become part of the game plan. They still have Travis Kelsey. Rasheed Rice is turning into a nice player. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, eh, whatever. They can go multiple with tight ends. They've committed to running the ball more, but they're not a better running team than they were in 2022. They're not. They're averaging 11 yet less yards a game. If you want to say, oh, it's only 11 yards, they're worse. Moral of the story is they are worse. Now, they're better in the postseason than the regular season. But you had to run the ball against the Dolphins. It was a freezing game. Mahomes did have a good game, but you know they were going to run there. Buffalo was playing ball control. They wanted to play that back. And once the Chiefs got up on Baltimore, they were running the ball more. So there's reasons for that. And Isaiah Pacheco, who people, you know, have said he runs angry, like he's angry at the ground. His three games in the playoffs, he's averaging 21 rushes for 85 yards, four yards a carry. But he's getting the volume. Didn't go over 1,000 yards in the regular season. They have no receiver who went over 1,000 yards. Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey were close. Didn't go over 1,000. They are going to run the ball. They are going to test the 49ers' run defense. They're going to test them on the edges, where the Niners have had, had difficulty stopping outside zone runs and sweeps. Pacheco's getting the volume, and he could be a difference, especially with who they have inside, Humphrey, Trey Smith, no Joe Tooney, 
that will be a loss. And we'll see if that's where either Armstead or Hargrave lines up to try to get some push or push the pocket or split defenders or offenders, I guess, to get to Mahomes on pass downs. And I think people are still stung by, if you're a 49er fan, the matchup in Santa Clara from 2022 where the Chiefs won 44-23. This was a game San Francisco was up 10-0. They turned Mahomes over early, got an interception, turned that into points. They were down 14-13 at the half, the Niners were. They got the game to 28-23 on a George Kittle touchdown, and then the Chiefs scored the last 16 points, including a safety on Jimmy Garoppolo. Mahomes went nuts that game, threw for 423, three touchdowns and one interception as a team. They ran the ball 21 times for 112 yards and three touchdowns. That's over five yards a carry. Jimmy played a pretty decent game, 303 yards, two touchdowns and interception as a team. The Niners run ran it 21 yards for 101 yards, almost five yards carry. And the Chiefs had actually three rushing touchdowns that game. Chiefs got to uh, Garoppolo, five sacks. Niners only one on Mahomes. The, the D-line needs to pin their ears back. The Packer game, if you want to excuse with no sacks given the, the wet field and the rain, okay, but the Packers did get to Purdy a couple times. Bosa had two sacks against the Lions. But you'd want to see this game, Bosa, Young, Gregory, Beal, if they call Austin Bryan up, I'm not sure. Hargrave, Armstead, Givens, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Kinlaw pushing that pocket, making Mahomes uncomfortable, forcing him into some ill-advised passes. Pressure's super important, but close the deal. Pressure in a sack. Get off the field on third downs. Make a second and eight, a, sec, a third and 15. But what I want to stress too is as much as advertisement, marketing, people talking about it are going to build this game as it's it's Purdy versus Mahomes, Mr. Relevant versus two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP, it is not Purdy versus Mahomes, guys. It's Purdy versus the Chiefs defense and Mahomes versus Mahomes in the offense versus the Niners defense and Purdy in the offense versus the Chiefs defense. This is not tennis. It's not golf. It's not swimming or any sort of Olympic event where it's a one-on-one thing. It's not that. There are a lot of variables to take into consideration. Niners O-line, Chiefs D-line, the secondaries versus the receivers. How good of a running game each team can have. How much each team can stop the run. It is not one player versus the other. As much as the marketing and everybody wants to tout it. And if it was a one-on-one skills competition... You know, maybe accuracy, deep balls, whatever. Mahomes would be a ridiculous favorite. But it's not that. And this regular season, Brock Purdy beats Patrick Mahomes in passing yards, completion percentage. He's thrown four more touchdowns than Mahomes. He's thrown three less interceptions than Mahomes. He has a better QBR than Mahomes, 72.7 to 63, and a much better QB rating than Patrick Mahomes, 113 to 92.6, a 20-point rating difference. That means something. Having a nearly 10-point difference in QBR 
means something. Because again, QBR is a newer stat put out by ESPN that takes into account more than just passing touchdowns, uh, yards, interceptions, completion percentage. It takes into account big plays. It takes into account running, first downs, moving the sticks, situationally, second downs, third downs, fourth downs if you potentially go for it. All the ways a quarterback can impact the game. Purdy has a significant edge over Mahomes this year and this year only. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. He's not, guys. And I think everybody should be comfortable enough as a Niner fan to say that. But Brock Purdy had a better year than Patrick Mahomes. If a Chief fan's listening, you have to grant that. Purdy's an MVP candidate this year. Mahomes isn't. And Purdy's a more viable candidate than, or or more, we'll use the word viable, candidate than Josh Allen should not be on that list at all. I guess they just needed a fifth and they put someone on there because of his running. Remember, Bills got better when they asked him to throw less. It's a fact. Look up the stats and look up where the wins are happening. And Dak Prescott, very good regular season. Garbage in the playoffs. Garbage when it matters, right? Same with Lamar Jackson. Remember, guys, Lamar Jackson, 24 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Purdy, 31 and 11. Yes, Purdy doesn't have the run and the legs and the ooh, ah, whatever. But when it mattered most for Lamar Jackson, and MVP is not a postseason award, ballots are cast before the postseason starts. All that electricity, that explosiveness, that agility, movement, best player, best athlete on the field stuff that Lamar Jackson is and brings to the table evaporates during the playoffs. It evaporated in the... Wasn't there in the first half of the AFC Championship game. Now, granted, the, I'm sorry, the divisional round where they beat the Texans. Texans only scored 10 points. Seven of them was on a punt return. You knew watching that game the Ravens were going to pull away. Choked against the Chiefs. Now, I mentioned the Chiefs are down two defensive line players, Charles Amenahu and Derek Nandi. How this will affect the run defense? It will. It's affected the run defense for, you know, the the last number of, uh, you know, however many weeks that Nandi's been on IR. Amenahu went out in the, what was either the championship game or the divisional round, and Nandi was put on IR, was injured during the regular season and was put on IR either the tail end of the regular season or when the playoffs began. The Chiefs are 7-6 and six when teams run for at least 110 yards against them, and they're giving up four and a half yards per carry during the regular season. Seven and six, barely above 500 when teams run for 110 or more. Niners got to get there. Kyle's got to get there. Kyle's got to stay committed to it because you can imagine Spagnolo is going to do something. He's going to do something to force Brock, at times, force Brock Purdy to beat them. They know they have McCaffrey. They know they're going to try to run the ball. Chiefs are probably going to try to take away the run, right? It's going to be too difficult to take away Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and Jennings and McCaffrey out of the backfield. Too difficult. And check as a receiver. So what do you do? You, tr- you take away the run the best you can, and you make Brock Purdy be the one that beats you. Problem is, Brock Purdy is a top five quarterback 
in every every basically situation where a team can play defense, man, blitz, zone, third downs, deep throws, completion percentage, intermediate throws, short throws, he can beat a team any which way. Now, he could also have, and it's only one game, and, and here are where the pundits are going to say, the anti-Brock Purdy people. Well, he had a four-interception game against the Ravens, so we know he's uh, he can do it. We know he can implode. One game against the 25 he started, guys. Three of those balls were tipped. That first one, first drive against Kyle Hamilton, bad read. Safety for the Ravens picked it off, bad read. Other three picks were tipped. There's still interceptions. They are the reason why he's not MVP. If he just threw one interception... The one, say the one to Kyle, and the other three tipped ones hit the ground, but they still lost the game by 14 or 7 or 10. Purdy would be the MVP. 31 and 8 is a lot different than 31 and 31 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Don't mistake it. Brock Purdy lost the MVP that game. Lamar Jackson didn't do anything to win it. He didn't have a great game against the Niners. I think he threw for 250, and he had one run where any one of us could have made that run because it was wide open for 30 yards. I'm not downplaying his greatness, but when you compare Lamar Jackson's MVP year a couple years ago to this year, they are not the same. You know that picture? (laughs) That meme you see, like these two pictures. Well, find all the differences between these two pictures. One is different than the other. These MVP candidacies are not the same for Lamar Jackson. Where's the 50 touchdowns that Mahomes threw? Where are the big years, the 5,000 yards I think that Brady had when he he won MVP a couple years ago? It's not there. Listening to the Rich Eisen show, every time a quarterback has been in like the top three or top five of as many statistical categories that Brock Purdy is in, that quarterback has won MVP. But he's not going to. There's Purdy bias. The team he's on, the coach he has, the players he has, where he was drafted. If the where he was drafted was changed to a first-round pick, Purdy would be MVP. He would. The bias is ridiculously real. And it would be poetic justice, irony worthy of the drama, if he either lights up the Chiefs or has a really, really good game. Maybe he doesn't like light up his like four or five touchdowns. I don't think he's going to get there. But, you know, two touchdowns, no interceptions, maybe three touchdowns and one pick. Niners win, he wins MVP. Remember, Patrick Mahomes won MVP first time around in the Super Bowl. The Niners, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And he did run one in. But didn't have a touchdown in the Super Bowl till the fourth quarter. Defensively, let's, let's talk about the defense for the Niners now. What are some adjustments that they need to make? We talked about it. They need to tighten up the run D. They know that. They know the Chiefs are going to test them. They know Isaiah Pacheco is a hard runner. They have to gang tackle at times. They know they have to set the edge and not have Nick Bosa or Chase Young blocked by a receiver. And effort, the effort or lack thereof at plays showed up on film. And the biggest... uh, The person that, that I think had the biggest fault with that was Chase Young. A couple times you just saw him not hustling, and it's been addressed by coaches to everybody. It's not a Chase Young only thing, guys. It's been addressed by everybody, to everybody, as a unit. Kyle Shanahan said it a couple weeks ago. 
The worst thing you can do is assume someone else is going to make the tackle. Rally. Especially when you have a hard runner like Pacheco. Someone who is great at yards after the catch like Rasheed Rice. Travis Kelsey. Not a fast dude, but a big dude. Tough to bring down. Rally to the ball. And I mentioned there was a 43-yard per game increase from the regular season average to the playoff average. And granted, it was a small... A small sample. If the Niners played three games and they tightened it up, that could have been, you know, dropped to under 120 yards a game. But regardless, a noticeable increase in run D that didn't get tightened up until the second half and against an off against a team and a quarterback and a coach that the Chiefs have, you can't wait till the second half to make adjustments. San Francisco this season, 67.6% of their snaps passing snaps were played in zone and mostly most of the time they played cover three 35% of their passing snaps were cover three that seems to be Mahomes kryptonite Mahomes this year versus cover three five touchdowns five interceptions and 86.5 rating pedestrian or worse When they come after the quarterback this year, the 49ers blitz rate is 18%, third lowest in the league. And their pressure rate on quarterbacks or against quarterbacks is 21%, which is middle of the pack in the league. This is Shanahan's influence. Steve Wilkes is known as someone who likes to blitz. Maybe not as much as Wink Martindale, formerly of the Giants, or the Vikings defensive coordinator. There are blitz-happy teams in the league. Steve Wilkes is not in that quantity, that percentage of frequent blitzing, but you could see maybe their blitz rate being being not 18%. Maybe it's the low to mid-20s, maybe 23 24% is where he wants to be. Shanahan wants to play cover three shell and rarely bring pressure, believing that his best chance to win is getting pressure with the front four and dropping seven. That's fine, but again, perception. The perception is this front four is as good as years past. It's not. The pressures are there, at least for Nick Bosa. He's leading the league in pressures. The sacks are not. Pressures don't lead to as many third down stops as sacks do. They just don't. Or as many interceptions or turnovers. Ill-advised throws, throwaways. So an 18% blitz rate and a 21% pressure rate. Mahomes versus the Blitz. Six touchdowns, three interceptions, seven sacks, and an 86.6 quarterback rating. That rating against the Blitz is, that QB rating, is 33 points lower. His rating was nearly 120 in 2022 against the Blitz. It is not the death sentence that it used to be to blitz Patrick Mahomes. Send it. Even if it's just a fifth or you want to get crazy and send the sixth and play coverage underneath or man up underneath, don't assume that the front four is going to get there. Here's the problem I have if Wilkes or Shanahan want to play bend but don't break. A bend but don't break defense can work with 15 oh, against 15 or so quarterbacks in the league because they'll eventually make a mistake. They'll eventually make a bad throw, an incompletion, a low throw, a throwaway, whatever it may be. 
15-ish quarterbacks, or maybe even if you want to say up to 20 quarterbacks, that approach will work against. It will not work all game against the best quarterback in the league. He'll take what the defense is going to give. They'll chip away. They'll throw underneath to Pacheco or to Kelsey or Noah Gray or another tight end or McKinnon out of the backfield or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield. Mahomes is four more years seasoned now than the first Super Bowl, and he understands what his offense is and is not. Pressure him. And Mahomes, on behind that good offensive line again, probably without guard Joe Tooney, was sacked on only 10.4% of pressured dropbacks. That is the second lowest rate in the NFL. Even when he's pressured, throw away, he could break the pocket. There's no guarantee you're going to get to him. But again, versus the blitz, his rating is 86.6. Versus cover three, 86.5. Combine those. Cover cover three blitz. You'd have to imagine that his rating would be even lower than 86.6. It's not the death sentence. Don't be afraid to come after Mahomes. Are they going to play a five-man D-line on running downs to slow down the run? When they've done that in the past, they've had some success, and usually they bring in Javon Kinlaw to play over the center, to essentially play the nose. And if you do do that with five, or when you are playing a four-man, your base defense, which is wide nine, are they going to put Eric Armstead at D-end on rundowns? He was a D-end earlier in his career or played a significant amount of snaps. He's a big dude, right? What, 6'6", 6'7", 290? Bigger dude than Chase Younger Bosa. You're not going to take Bosa out. Maybe you take, again, you take Chase Young out, you put Eric Armstead at the end, and bring in either Kinlaw Givens or Sebastian Joseph Day as your other defensive tackle. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I've been calling for a five-man. You can't play a five-man line all game, but you can pick and choose spots where it feels like it's a rundown. or a feel, and, and listen, maybe even put your five best pass rushers in. I don't know who you're, I mean, Randy Gregory is a light kind of guy, but maybe you move Bosa inside or Young inside. But the point of the matter is playing a five-man down D-line with two linebackers behind it. It's still a seven-man box. And if you want to drop a safety down a little bit and just play um, one deep, whether it's Gibson or Jair Brown, Kelsey's going to hurt you. Pacheco can hurt you if the run game gets going. Is Rasheed Rice... Marquez Valdez, Gantling, any of their other receivers really going to hurt you? I would challenge them. Even if you're playing zone, play up. No need to give them nine yards cushion. Give them two or three. You don't have to play press man, but play up. Challenge. Again, this is not last year's Chiefs. This is not 2019's Chiefs. Different team. Different offense, not nearly as explosive. And a crazy thing I'll throw out there, which I know isn't going to get done. The most dangerous weapon on Kansas City outside of Mahomes is Kelsey because of the chemistry he has, because of the routes he runs. Sometimes he just they play backyard football and he runs his own routes, but he's not an overly fast guy. He's a big guy. So does that mean at times will Warner drop with him? Maybe. 
Greenlaw, will they bracket him if they're going to play cover three zone? Are they going to bracket him at some point? I would... It's every team's game plan, I imagine, to take Kelsey away. And it rarely happens. I know he didn't have a great start to the season, first 8, 10, 12 weeks. But the Niners have the personnel to do it. And I wonder... Would they put Charvarius Ward in the slot and man up Kelsey at times? Which means you would have Ambry Thomas on Valdez-Scantling and you would move Diamondor Lenore outside. I don't want Isaiah Oliver in the slot covering Kelsey. Diamondor Lenore as their base slot corner has been played well, but it's a mismatch. He's 5'10". He's a lot smaller than Kelsey. At least Charvarius Ward is what, 6'6", 6'1"? Longer wingspan, better corner. He's an all-pro this year. I know he's a boundary corner. He's moved inside at times. He's had games where he followed um, against the Seahawks DK Metcalf around and limited him. Could they do... They're not going to do it all game. They probably won't even do it at all. But is it a consideration? Yes. Because I have faith in... Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas to a certain degree to control these receivers because they're not great receivers. There is no Tyreek Hill on this team. There's no one you have to fear over the top. Yes, Marquez Valdez Scantling is fast, but his hands are suspect and I just wouldn't be scared by him. Put Ambry Thomas on him. Put Lenore on Rasheed Rice. At least you're, at least you're matching up height-wise against those two receivers as best you can. Yes, Ward could take away one of those receivers or, or really limit him, but it's it's Kelsey, and Kelsey can kill them. It would be it would be death by a thousand cuts, guys. Five yards here, seven there, twelve there, keeping drives alive because of the chemistry, because of the backyard football. I would like to see at times. I'm not going to give you a percentage, but I would like to see Charvarius Ward on Travis Kelsey during this game. Maybe maybe it's just third downs. Offensively, you've heard it all, guys. Brock Purdy's not that good. It's the weapons. It's Shanahan. It's this, that. It's McCaffrey. It's this, that, and the other thing. Here's what we know. With Brock Purdy at quarterback, the Niners are 20-5. and And they average 29.2 points per game. That Obviously, those the five games counts losses. It counts the three games Cleveland, Minnesota, Cincinnati, where they only scored 17. It counts the Baltimore game. When San Francisco scores at least 20 with Brock Purdy at quarterback, they've won all 20 games. Under 20, they're 0-5. There's your inverse. So is this a race to 20? In some ways it is. I would say maybe it's a race to 24 or 27. I think if the Niners get to 30, they win the Super Bowl. I don't think the Chiefs are going to score 30 points. Remember, too, when this offense is fully healthy, he has all his weapons, and Trent Williams is a weapon also. They have only one loss, and that's against the Ravens. The Ravens earned that. They played good defense. They were opportunistic. They got five turnovers counting the one that Sam Darnold threw at the end of the game. Only one loss, and that loss was a 49er offensive implosion. Bad luck at times, yes, but implosion. The Niners will lose this game if Purdy implodes. Same for the Chiefs. The Chiefs will lose this game 
if Mahomes implodes, throws two interceptions, three, four, any team will. Run the ball, Kyle. Get to 30 plus. You know what's ironic? Their previous two games against the Chiefs, Super Bowl and last year in Santa Clara, averaged 21 carries. Your running team, Kyle, run first. 30 carries will win you the Super Bowl. Remember the stat I showed in the Chiefs six showed uh, spoke in the Chiefs six losses. Every team ran for at least twenty five, and your average was thirty and a half carries per game. There's your magic number. Make it thirty one because you can't have a half a carry. Thirty one carries, Kyle, will win you the Super Bowl. And not every carry is going to go for four, five, seven yards. They're going to stop McCaffrey behind the line of scrimmage. But if that's the case. McCaffrey should get his 20. Debo should get close to five. Mitchell should get five to seven. And I know you're not going to put Jordan Mason in. Debo's probably the backup running back in terms of carries in this Super Bowl. He will get the second most carries, then Mitchell. Pound that D line. Use that zone run. San Francisco is the number one team in terms of yards per carry when they are running zone runs runs. And guess what? The Chiefs are second to last, 31st in yards per carry allowed against zone runs. Explosive pass rate. The Niners are the number one explosive pass team in the NFL. Chiefs are 24th. Purdy is number five on deep passing yards. Number one on yards per attempt on deep passes. 20 yards per attempt. That's not completion. That's attempt. Number one deep passing touchdowns quarterback. He has 12. And number one on deep pass completion percentage, 62.3. The entire offense, unlike with Jimmy in the Super Bowl. Although remember, people are going to forget this. Going into the fourth quarter, Garoppolo was 18 of 22. Finished 20 of 31. But going into the fourth, he was outplaying Mahomes. Purdy has got to be that guy, and he's got to be the guy in the fourth quarter against the Packers and the Lions to get this win. Can he outplay Mahomes? I believe he can. I believe he can. And if you want to give the nod because of the weapons, because of Kyle, because of what the run game can bring, because the Chiefs are middle of the pack against the run, 113 yards a game, regular season and postseason, and they're not nearly as good of a running team this year as last year, or they're not as good. I mean, they're 11 yards worse, but they're not as good. Perception is is greater than reality for people creating the talking points for this Super Bowl. And defensively, against the Chiefs like the Blitz, they blitz at the fifth highest rate in the league, 37.5. They blitz twice as much as the Niners. The Niners' blitz rate was 18%. Chiefs are 37.5. 
how often are are they going to come? Are they going to come at Purdy more than one every three passes? They might. One out of three is thirty three percent, right? So it'd have to be more than one out of three. Purdy is the best quarterback rating in the league versus the blitz, one hundred and thirty two point three, and he has fifteen touchdowns and two interceptions versus the blitz this year. All that being said, the players, the positional rankings from Pro Football Focus, the injuries on the defensive line, the averages, passing, rushing, offense, and defense, regular season, postseason for both teams. Niners are pretty consistent offensively in the postseason. Defensively, have gotten a little bit worse. I believe Steve Wilkes can tighten that up. He needs to. I think San Francisco is going to win this game 27-24. I think Brock Purdy has a very good chance to be MVP, as does Patrick Mahomes. If I'm predicting a field goal game, it could go either way. I think there's a revenge factor. I mean, there's only 11 players on the team for each team that were in the previous Super Bowl in 2019. The Niners know they were six and a half minutes, seven minutes away with a 10-point lead from winning that Super Bowl, and it fell apart. Offensively and defensively in the fourth quarter, it fell apart. This is a team under Wilkes that has been shown defensively to be able to make second-half adjustments. Doesn't look great in the first half. Second half looks a lot better, but you can't get down like that defensively you have to adjust quicker offensively you've got to get off to a quick start doesn't have to be a touchdown could be a field goal get points on the board your first drive make Mahomes play from behind that's what they want the Niners to do because historically they are not a good come from behind team of under Kyle Shanahan other than the past two games in the playoffs against Green Bay and Detroit Can the Niners start fast? I think they can. Can they control the Chiefs' passing game outside of Kelsey? I think they can, and I would love to see again double coverage, bracket coverage, Tarverius Ward on Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs go as Kelsey goes. Make no mistake about it. And the Chiefs are not as good of a run team as the media would have you believe. A lot of people out there that are wishing for Purdy to fail or hoping Purdy fails. Like, that's going to prove anything to you guys. And I don't think anybody is listening is hoping Purdy fails. Purdy losing the Super Bowl, is that your moment to say, ah, aha, he's not that good. See, see, got to a Super Bowl. Is one of five MVP candidates. Had the best 49ers passing year ever. With, this is a team with Joe Montana and Steve Young, back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This stuff does not come easily. It's not a legacy game. It's not a told-you-so game. It's not a anything for Purdy if they lose. But if they win, and they will win, and they will only win, I think, If Purdy has a good to great game, 
And I don't think, you know, 27-24, is that a shootout? I don't know. I mean, it's, I think the over-under is 47.5. So that would go over. But he doesn't have to throw for 350. Doesn't have to throw for four touchdowns. Doesn't have to add 50 yards on the ground. Anything on the ground is gravy. Keeping drives alive is more than gravy. It's imperative to getting points, not punting, not giving Kansas City an extra possession, not losing a possession yourselves. I think the 49ers have been the best team for the vast majority of the season. They had a hiccup midseason, lost three games, lost to the Ravens on Christmas night. The final game of the season against the Rams doesn't count. And they showed and dug deep in the playoffs, coming back and getting stops when they had to. Remember, guys, this just wasn't Purdy or McCaffrey or special teams scoring points. And, oh, they overcame and won. The, they, they scored points against Detroit a lot in the second half. But the reason why they overtook Detroit was because the defense stopped them. The defense got a turnover. Defense got two turnovers against Jordan Love. By Dre Greenlaw. It's not. This is not all on Purdy. The offense and defense have to work hand in hand. Defense at times give good good uh, field position. Get a good stop. Offense cash in. This I don't think this is a control the clock game. Like it might have been the first time against Mahomes. But if you can get. Again Kyle the number's 30. Don't get so enamored with the pass game like you did. You do at times. And it's the trust you have in Purdy. I get it. I get it. But you have the offensive rookie. I'm sorry. The offensive player of the year. A, a good offensive line. A D-line that's missing players. A run defense that's middle of the pack. You know they're going to come out and try and stop it. Break their back. Break their will to stop the run. And then have the pass and play action flow off of that. I don't believe you should come out throwing in this game. Because if it's an incomplete pass on first down, I get, or the first drive, I guarantee it's going to be another pass on second down. And if that's incomplete or, or a short pass, then it's definitely a pass on third down. You don't know what McCaffrey, I forget saying Mitchell, you don't know what McCaffrey is going to give you on a first down run. Could be nothing. Could be two, four, seven, 15, 30 yards. You don't know. You can say that about pass plays. I get it. Come out wanting and wanting to establish the run and enforcing your will on that D-line and defense. That is the way you can break a defensive team's soul by committing to the run and gaining yards with it. Could teams get disheartened by big pass plays and play? Sure. But if you want to take a team's soul, you run the ball like you did in the 2019 championship game against the Packers with Mostert, and you just you stood with it. You stood with it. You stood with it. You did not get away from it. If you're having that much success, I would stay with it because you know the passing, because I, I believe the passing game when needed will be there because you have a lot of weapons, you have a great scheme, and you have a very efficient trigger man. And I believe the defense will do enough the defense, I don't think they're going to put on a clinic by any means or slow down or stop anybody. But I think the defense will do enough to allow the offense to score more than the Chiefs. 
That concludes the podcast for today. I want to thank you for listening like always. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule for making us part of your listening routine. Only five more nights, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four more nights until we wake up Super Bowl Sunday. Niners, Chiefs, getting more excited as each passing day comes. Hopefully this is the game where Kyle, the Niners, and Brock Purdy, everybody involved, gets some vindication against Kansas City. And I'm not still not sure how not everybody out there, unless you're a Packer fan, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Rams, how you're not rooting for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. One, the Chiefs are turning into the Patriots. They're turning into the Golden State Warriors. They've been good enough long enough now that don't you want to see them lose? And still, how are you not rooting for, you know, I'm calling an underdog story, someone who had to fight odds to get to where he is quarterbacking last pick of the draft needed two players to get injured in front of him to start it's not like he was a seventh round pick and he lit it up and shanahan said oh lit it up we're gonna go with purdy purdy didn't get in until injuries happened i don't care but i'm surprised more people are not rooting for san francisco doesn't matter to me i'm gonna be watching this game at home Alone in the first half, my son's going over to a uh, a friend's house for a Super Bowl party. Going to come home at halftime, watch it with him. Going to watch it in our computer room slash den. That's where we watched the first two playoff games. And if that doesn't work out, we'll come into the basement. We have a half-finished basement and watch it there. Watch the two that I watched the 2019 Super Bowl in our living room. Did not go well. And I'm all about superstition. But I will conclude there. Again, still other sports going on. College basketball, NHL, NBA, whatever else you enjoy. Sports, movies, TV, otherwise. Enjoy as we march towards the Super Bowl on Sunday. Until then, everyone stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. We will have a show. The Niners win. It will be on Monday. If they lose, it might be Tuesday or Wednesday. But pumped. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to a Niner win. Go Niners. We will talk soon. Take care.